Amen. I hope you enjoy your week and um, that you enjoy time spent with family. I would like us to, uh, we're going to pray together real quick. Brother Joey is getting ready to head back to Malaysia. And uh, you leave, uh, is it Thursday? So you're leaving Thanksgiving Day and uh, heading back to Malaysia uh, to be with family. He's got family that's very ill and he'll be, uh, hasn't been there in several years. And uh, we'll be seeing some of them for the first time in a long time. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be gone. It'll, it won't be just a super quick trip because it don't happen very often. And we'll miss you while you're gone. Uh, but we want to pray for him. Uh, he'll be traveling through places where uh, I would not want to be traveling through right now because of the world climate we're in. But uh, the, I know the Lord's going to go with him and be with him. So would you just maybe stretch a hand that way? Let's pray together. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would be with Joey. I pray, God, that you would uh, go before him, that you would come behind him. Put a hedge round about him, Lord. I pray that you would be with him as he travels. Be with his family, Lord. I pray that you would touch them in body. I pray that you would touch them in spirit, Lord, in their soul. I ask God that you would use him to be a great light to them while he's there. In the name of Jesus, I give you praise and I give you glory. And everybody said amen. 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 I want to talk to you tonight. It's a little bit of a Thanksgiving message. and uh, I will not take a long time. But I want to talk to you tonight about uh, which... Which direction are you going in? Which direction are you going in? Uh, because everybody that is in this room tonight is headed in a direction. You're headed in a direction. Somebody said one time they were, they were going, I believe they were in Utah or, or somewhere similar to that, uh, somewhere going more out west and uh, maybe New Mexico area. And they were on one of those long, straight highways. Have any of y'all ever traveled one of those? And, you know, it's just you can see forever. And they tell you that you better, if you see a gas station, you better get gas. Because you don't know when you'll see one again. And so uh, he was driving out there and he stopped. And this was in the days of uh, when lots of people had... Uh, standard driving vehicles. You don't see many of them anymore, do you? Uh, and so he had, he pulled over on the side of the road. I guess he was getting a picture or something as a minister. And he pulled over on the side of the road and neglected to uh, pull up his emergency brake, just put the truck in, or vehicle in neutral. Didn't pull up the emergency brake because he was on flat ground, or so he thought. And... He's out there, he's taking his pictures, and, and just, you know, this is, oh, this is beautiful, look at this, and, and all of a sudden he turns around and he sees his vehicle rolling, <laughs> and he took off, he chased it down, he jumped in, and everything was okay, but the point that I'm making is that he thought he was sitting in a place where he could stay uh, stationary, and immobile, but really, uh, when, when there was nothing to keep him stationary, he, he started drifting backward because there was a slight slant to that road that he could not see. And I'm going to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter how flat 
it seems to be in life, uh, sometimes we know we're on a mountain. Sometimes we know we're in a valley. And then there's times where we think we're in a flat place where everything is level and things are just going. Uh, but if you, try to, if you try to put life in neutral, let me back that up. If you try to put living for God in neutral, you're going you're gonna to find that there's no such thing as neutral in living for God. You are either progressing toward Him or you are falling away from Him. And all of us, all of us need to come to this understanding. Uh, there is only uh, two choices when it comes to living for God. I will either progress toward Him or I will move away from Him. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've lived for God. All of us that are in this room tonight, this is a reality for us. This is a truth for us. Um, one songwriter found it out and said this. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And uh, I won't sing tonight that. Um, but they, but the, what they were saying is, the longer I live for God, the more I begin to know that that there is a deeper there is a deeper uh, place in Him that I can go that I did not know was there before. And so it doesn't matter how long we've been around this or how little we've been around this. Every day, there are new places in God for all of us to go. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting to know that we don't serve a God who says you have, you have come to the end of it all and, and you can just, you just got to sit here now. When I was a kid, they came out with Nintendo. And um, I used to play uh, Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers on Nintendo. And that was before all the cool graphics came along. Um, back then it was just... Uh, if you move too fast, it looked like the thing was blurring behind you a little bit. You know, uh, we're past all that now. But um, I, I would I would play that game, and uh, there were it was pretty interesting because if if you found the secret uh, the secret tunnels and all this sort of thing, you could jump into a secret tunnel, and you would skip levels. Anybody remember that? Yeah, you could skip levels. And you could go from level one to, say, level three. Or you could go from level five to level 11, maybe, if you really knew what you were doing. And, and um, now, I never got as good as some people, but I had friends who beat the game. Did anybody here ever beat the game? We got one, two, three, four, five. We got some smart people here, some gamers. Y'all beat the game. Well, congratulations. Y'all are all smarter than your pastor. You already knew that, though. And uh, the, I always wanted to, I, I tried to beat the game, you know. But here's the thing about beating the game. Once you beat the game, it's kind of a letdown. Well, now what? Now what? You know, and, and at least I always had something to try to attain. I never got there, but I was trying. And so I'm saying that to say this tonight. There is, no, there is no beating the game in living for God. There is no place where you can say, Ha! I did it! Until that great getting up morning. We all were the, 
the redeemed of the Lord are gathering in. And, but on, in this world, there is no end of it all. We're always moving. And we're always trying to, to uh, either go forward or we are taking steps backward. So I want to read to you from Romans chapter 1. Um, I'm going to go to verse number... Let me go to verse number 16, I guess. The scripture says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, now watch this, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Leave that scripture up there for just a moment. Um, I, I, when I read this today as I was preparing, this scripture jumped out at me. And this is really not my message tonight, but I, wanna, I, I, I felt really prompted in my spirit to stop here for just a moment and tell you, we better be so very careful because the, Lord, the eyes of the Lord are upon us. The eyes of the Lord are upon us. I don't hide from Him. You don't hide from Him. He doesn't see us at church and not see us when we're at home. He doesn't see us when we're one place and not see us when we're in a place we don't want to be seen. There's a scripture in the Bible where there was a king who, and I, I'm sorry, his name escapes me right now, but his son became very ill. And uh, there was a prophet in Israel at that time who was blind. And this king told his wife, though they were not right with God, he knew who the prophet of the Lord was. And he told his wife, he said, I want you to disguise yourself. Put a cloak upon yourself. Cover your face. And I want you to go to the prophet and ask him, if it's going to be well, and and um, she does this, and you would think when somebody who is disguised goes before somebody who is blind, you would think that they won't find out who they are. Yet when she came at the door, I believe maybe it was Jeroboam's wife, Jeroboam, and and the prophet said, "Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam." And here she comes, and, and he begins to tell her some things. And, and he begins to, you know why he knew? Because the eyes of the Lord are always upon us. Always upon us. I don't want to, I'm not going to try to get into anything spooky or, or uh, try to sound uber spiritual tonight. But I did happen to be on the phone yesterday with somebody. And uh, they were talking with me about some things and, and uh, telling me a little bit of their story. And they said, I, I, I'm fighting something. I'm fighting a battle right now. And they said, I imagine if you prayed and asked him, the Lord would show it to you. And I told them, I said, the Lord already has shown it to me. I know what it is. And the Lord had revealed that to me because now, he hasn't revealed everything about everybody, so don't get scared. I'm not going to start calling people out. David Smith, stand up. No, I'm 
<laughs> Five more minutes, y'all. I got to deal with him. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was just something that the Lord just had dropped into my spirit a little while back. And it's just, I, I would call it, it was, a, it was a word of knowledge. It's just something I knew. And, uh, and I was able to minister to him a little bit and, 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 and share some things. And there's nothing we're hiding from God is the point I'm making. And if God wants things to be known, God makes them known. And the wrath, Paul writes here to the church that's at Rome. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It is possible for us to hold the truth in unrighteous vessels. Anybody ever heard of a preacher who fell? Holding the truth in unrighteousness. But it's not just preachers. Because preachers are just saints of God too. Any of us can fall. Any of us can hold truth in unrighteousness. And the wrath of God can be revealed against us. Because the Lord... I, Again, this isn't my message tonight. I'm really preaching about Thanksgiving, okay? Y'all just hold on. We're going to get there. But the Lord will allow some things to go for a certain amount of time. He's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. And there are some things that God may allow to go to a certain place. But one of these days, He's going to have a finger pointed in our face like Nathan did David. Thou... Art the man. I don't want to hold truth in unrighteousness. If God has been so good to us and so gracious to us to give us the truth, how much should we want to maintain a righteous vessel, a godly vessel? What I preached about Sunday, a holy vessel. And so I just wanted to point out that scripture to you. Verse 19 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When we stand before God, folks, we will be without excuse. Because that, now watch this, because that, when they knew him, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, there's a tremendous degradation that takes place here. There's a tremendous backsliding, if you will, that takes place here. 
They start as people who knew God. But, but, and if you go on to read this and you find out where their ultimate end is, it's a, it's a tremendous slide that they went on, y'all. But the, the, the Bible said that they knew God. Can you bring that scripture back up? They knew God. But they glorified him not as God and became unthankful. They knew God. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. Neither were thankful. So there's two things that open the door for these people to, be, to become, uh, to, to find themselves in a situation where their souls were in such peril and jeopardy of being lost eternally. And that is that they glorified him not as God and that they were not thankful. When we do not, and that word glorify is, a, is another word you could, I, I was looking at it today, you could say they praised him not as God. When we get to a point where we quit praising God and we quit being thankful, we open the door for backsliding in our lives. It should be. One of the things that, that bother me about some people, none of you people, but about some people, there are some people who will go to church, everything seemed to be okay in their life, if, if, you're, if you're looking at everything from out, outwardly, everything looks to be okay, they go to church, they show up, uh, they're people you feel like you can always count on, but when people are always negative, it scares me. It scares me for them. There are some people who can only find the bad in any church. Well, there are some people who can only find the bad in any church. There are some people, the preacher can get up and preach ten good messages, and they're going to focus on the one bad one. Now, you've got more bad ones than that around here, I know. They, there's some people who, who can only find the negative in everything. They cannot find what is right. And the problem is they are thinking on wrong things. They're thinking on wrong things. They're always thinking about what is wrong. And are there things wrong? Sure. Are there things that, that uh, need to be fixed? Sure. But I'm telling you, one of the things as a pastor that I, I'm trying to make sure I'm real careful about is that I don't get so caught up with everything that's wrong that I can't maintain an attitude of joyfulness and, and full, looking forward. But I'm always running around like the guy at a, at a, uh, at a dam that's holding back the floodwaters and, and he's always trying to plug holes. And he's so busy plugging holes that he can't get nothing else accomplished. That's not the kind of pastor I want to be. And, and some folks are so consumed with everything that's wrong that, that they never, ever are looking forward. And when you, when you start focusing on everything that's wrong, you inevitably quit praising God. Am I doing all right? You quit praising God. 
because you're focused on fixing things. But I've got, I've got to tell you something. Let God be God. I cannot fix you. You cannot fix me. Only God can fix what is wrong in me. Only God can fix what is wrong in you. Now, should we exhort each other? Should we admonish one another? Yes. But all of those are words that, that tend to building people up, not tearing them down. And it's possible to deal with the same issue and one person deal with the issue tearing down and someone else deal with the issue and build them up. I want to be a builder. I want to be a builder. And, and so if we're not careful, we can have great intentions. We can, we can want to live for God. But in our, in our desire to, to bring other people along, if we're not careful, we'll start looking at everything that's wrong, everything that's messed up, everything that we wish was different. And, and we will begin to uh, forget that we've got to stop to give God praise, that we've got to stop and be thankful. If, if, if in this season we neglect to be a praising people, and we neglect to be a thankful people, we will do it to our own peril. Because when we quit doing those two things, we begin to step backward. And we, be, we may not even realize we're like that car just, just kind of starting to roll back slowly down the road. And we're so consumed trying to help other people that we're not realizing that our own spirits are beginning to take steps backward. Instead of progress in the Lord. I am here tonight to tell you. That if we are not careful. If we do not pay attention. To this thing. Called praise and thanksgiving. We will go back. We will slip away from God. It begins with the refusal to glorify God. And it goes to being unthankful. That is how we step back. But. Let me tell you how we can continue to progress in the Lord. If you would, give me Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. And then I'm going to Psalm 100 and verse 4. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Psalm 100 verse number 4 says this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So here's what I've come to tell you tonight. If not glorifying him as God. And being unthankful causes you to slide away from him. When you do praise him and you do give thanksgiving unto him, it does the opposite. It causes you to move toward him. They were intent. The writer of the, the Psalms here was intent upon getting to where the presence of the Lord was. And he said, if I'm going to draw near to where his presence is, I there was a there was a. Uh, there was a wall. There was a badger skin wall that surrounded that tabernacle. And if you wanted to get to where the presence of God was, there was one gate in. 
There was one gate in for you to come to where the presence of God was. And if you wanted to get to where his presence was, you had to come in the same way everybody else did. And that was to enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Gates is the outer entrance. So thanksgiving is what just gets us inside the door. When we are thankful for what God has blessed us with, it gets us into the door where his very presence is. Now, I want to stop and say tonight again, we're a very blessed people. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Doesn't mean everything's like we want it to be. But I'm blessed. It doesn't mean life has always worked out the way I wanted it to. But I am blessed. And if we, if we become carnal Christians... That's really not a true thing. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. There's just a Christian in a sinner. But if we, I'm going to be nice to us. If we become carnal Christians and we start equating our thanksgiving to God based upon how well everything seems to go and, and if we got the job we wanted or we got the raise we wanted or we got the whatever it is that we wanted, if that's how we equate our thanksgiving and how worthy God is, then what we have done is we have changed uh, God from being a God of sovereignty to being a God of materialism. And we have, we have, tur we have effectively turned God from being God into an idol. And there are people who sit on church pews every week. And they don't serve the God we need to be serving. They don't serve the God you serve. And they don't serve the God I serve. They serve the God they've made up in their mind. Who is only God to them when everything is the way they want it to be. And they have created an idol in their mind. And they've just labeled him as God. But really he is not God. And I am going to tell us all tonight. That we can't afford to lose thankfulness in the midst of the things that we go through. That's why Paul looked at Agrippa and he said, he said, how are you? And he said, I think myself happy. I think myself happy. Now, I've preached it this way before and I've heard others preach it this way before. And I don't want to mess up a good message. But it's really not true. We preached it this way. It sounds real good. I think myself happy. In other words, I just think myself happy long enough and I get happy. That's how we preach that. That's not what it says. Really what Paul is saying there, but take the scripture. I don't want to mess up good messages for y'all. But take the scripture as it is. Paul is saying, I think that even in the condition I'm in right now, I'm happy. Why? Because my faith is not in whether or not I'm in bonds. My faith is not in whether or not uh, I, I've been beaten. My faith is not in whether or not I've been stoned or spent a night uh, in a day in the deep. My faith is not in shipwreck or not. My faith is not in getting bit by vipers or not. My faith is not being in peril of countrymen or not. He said, my faith is in Jesus. And as long as I've got Jesus... I've got a reason to be thankful. And I want to look all of us tonight in the eye and tell you, 
As long as you have Jesus, you have a reason to be thankful. As long as God is with you, you have a reason to be thankful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As long as there is breath in your body and you can say, praise the Lord, you've got a reason to be thankful. As long as you can get up tomorrow morning and you may not have a place to go, you may not have a job to go to, but if you can get up tomorrow and say it's one more day that I get to live for the Lord, you are blessed and you ought to be thankful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't tie God to things. Don't tie God to what is temporary. Don't tie God to what is earthly and carnal. But you remember he is the God who is above all of that. He is the God who transcends all of that. If that is where your happiness is, if that is where your thanksgiving is, then heaven will not be heaven for you. But if heaven is about you being in the presence of the Lord, if heaven is about a God who gave all for us, then heaven will be heaven. But I don't plan to make heaven about anything it ought not be about. Heaven is not about the mansion that you've got. Heaven is not about streets of gold. Uh, strictly speaking, heaven is about being with the Lord. Heaven is about being with the Lord. Heaven is about a God who said that where I am, there you may be also. It's about him saying, I want you to be with me. And if I'm going to be thankful over there for that, please tell me why I can't be thankful over here for the same thing. I didn't mean to start preaching tonight, but I'm just going to tell you something. It's, I'm not just going to be exposed to the presence of God in heaven. I'm exposed to the presence of God right now. <laughs> and so we say, uh, oh, won't, and I'm not messing with these songs. I love these songs. But we sing, oh, won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. And, we're, and, and if we're not careful, we'll sing everything and make everything about it's better there because we don't have burden, we don't have sickness, we don't have pain, we don't have tears, we don't have trials. And we'll tie everything about heaven to those things. But Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, He did not say that where I am, there won't be any trials. He said, no, this is the first thing. That, that's all going to be part of it. But here's the first thing, that where I am, there you may be also. And if heaven is going to be a place, oh, what singing, oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. Oh, what glory. Hallelujah. When we meet our blessed Savior in the sky. And some people have said, well, you know what? I'm not much of a shouter and I'm not much of a praiser right now. But when I get to heaven, I'm really going to shout and I'm really going to praise God. I got news for you. The same presence of God that's going to be over there is the same presence of God that's here. Right Woo! 
It's the same presence of God that's here right now. It's the same presence of God that was here on Sunday and the week before and the week before that. You have a reason to be thankful. You have a reason to lift up the name of the Lord. You have a reason to praise our great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And if not praising him and if being unthankful pulls me away, then I'm going to do everything I can to go in the direction of getting closer. And every time I praise him, and every time I enter his gates with thanksgiving, I come into his courts with praise, I'm taking one more step closer to him. I'm getting just a little bit closer to where he is. And so I don't want there to be any, uh, any lack of, of, of giving God glory in this church. There should never be a Sunday in this church when we begin to praise him and we begin to worship him there should never be a sunday in this church that you say it's not for me today if that is what you do then what you're going to do is cut yourself off from the source and the thing that that had you bound when you walked in the door will be the same thing that has you bound when you walk out the door but if you can say, no, I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to come into his courts with praise. God's going to say, that's all right. You do that, and I'm going to draw you a little closer. I'm going to draw you a little nearer to me. And the closer I get to Jesus, the closer I get to his presence, the more blessed I realize I am. And it becomes a cycle. The closer I get to him, the more blessed I realize I am. And I say, I've got to stop again. And I've got to give him praise. And I've got to give him thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, it's so good to be here. Oh, God, it's so wonderful to be where you are. I want to be thankful. I want to be a praiser. Not because, not because churches that have the name Pentecost in our name said we ought to praise God because we were praising God when nobody was. But I'm not just praising God because, that, because we're Pentecostal and we're supposed to be the people who clap and shout and sing. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I'm drawing closer to Him. I'm trying to get near to Him. I just want to be in Your presence, God. I just want to be closer to You, Lord. Lord, I want to know You more than I ever have before. You're so easy to adore. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to get closer to the Lord. And I've already preached longer than I planned, and I'm done preaching. What time is it? My goodness. Before 8 o'clock, I'm done preaching. You've got something to be thankful about. I don't want us to forget as we get busy over the next few weeks. And we're going to be busy. There's going to be family gatherings. And there's going to be stresses. They say holidays are the most. Uh, somebody wrote a song and said it's the most wonderful time of the year. And somebody said, reality is it's the most stressful time of the year. Holidays are, they are. They're the most stressful time of the year. And there's going to be so many things pulling at us. 
and so many things vying for our attention. But when you begin to feel all of it coming down on you, you better slip away. You better get alone and say, I just, one more time, God, I just want to enter your gates with thanksgiving. And I want to come into your courts with praise. I don't want to get so focused on all of this other stuff that I neglect to realize and understand what a good God you are. What a faithful God that you are. How you are with me day by day. How you are with me. Isn't God good? Does anybody just want to slip their hand in the air and just give some thanksgiving to him tonight? Just give some praise to him tonight. Let's just do that for a moment right now. We're giving you thanksgiving and praise, Lord. We're giving you thanksgiving and praise, Lord. <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. You're a good God. You're a good God. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Neglect not to give the glory that is due my name. Don't forget who brought you out of captivity. Don't forget who brought you into the land that flows with milk and honey. Don't forget who drove out the inhabitants from before you. Don't forget who kept the beast of the field from devouring you. I was with you. I kept you because I am your God. Don't neglect to remember where I have brought you from. It is the Lord your God who went before you. And it is the Lord your God who stays with you day by day. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed when I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest. I am blessed. 
wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest. I am blessed. I am blessed. Don't ever forget how blessed you Don't ever forget that your walk with God is tied to your thanksgiving and your praise. You cannot draw close to God if you allow yourself to stay in dark places without praising Him. I need to, I need to quit here, but I feel prompted to say this right now. Don't allow yourself to stay there without praising God. Everybody goes into dark places. Everybody has Elijah days. Where you crawl under a juniper. Take me, Lord. Everybody has days they just want to duck into a cave and just be done with everything. The difference is going to be and who can sing their way out of those places. Who can praise their way out of those places. Everybody's going to have a Paul and Silas night. But can you pray and sing praises in the middle of all of that stuff going on around you? Can you still give God thanksgiving? If you can, it's going to be the thing that begins to draw you out. It's going to be the thing that's going to draw you out and it's going to put you nearer to the Lord. Don't get caught up looking at everything that's wrong all the time and focusing on that. I'm not saying put your head in the sand. I'm saying be careful you don't become so consumed and focused on things that are not right and things that are not what you want them to be that you fail to maintain a positive mindset of thanksgiving and praise. God is able to do that with us. We should be able to do it with our circumstances and with each other. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to not get so consumed with those things that I neglect to give you thanks and praise and I find myself fighting back. I want to go forward. Amen. God bless you. Could we stand together tonight?